You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Sometimes um, messages seem to be a little harder to preach uh, than others. And this is a very important message. message that is on my heart, and I want to make it clear before I start, it's not to make anybody uncomfortable. Um, It's not to beat anybody up by any means at all, but it's a topic that I believe we need to discuss, that we need to talk about. Um, The title of the message is Fallen Fathers. And I know you was just seated, but if you would stand with me, if you're able, and uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's not going to preach as long as he usually does. (laughs) Come on, man. You all know I hardly ever go over 35 minutes, and that is true, Uh, but I, I don't think I got... I don't think I got <laughs> much more than 20, but I, I've learned a long time ago, give what was given and shut up and let the Holy Spirit work, amen. So again, this is not to make anybody uncomfortable, but I'm gonna share because I believe it'll be helpful. First thing we gotta realize is who our battle is with. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my battle is not with you. (laughs) Well, maybe it is. (laughs) I thought this was going to be a serious message, but you remember when that spirit of laughter hit us a couple years ago when I was making fun of Pastor Aaron? Anybody remember that? All right. Hi. Hi. That's been a long time ago. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Father, I ask that you speak to our hearts. Father, that we would hold our hands out today, ready to receive what you would have for us make a difference in the lives of each one of us in this room and for generations to follow us from what we learn here today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to read that again for, again, the title is Fallen Fathers. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In the Christian life, we battle against principalities and, and powers. It's, it's not what you've done to me, Scotty. It's what the enemy wants to use to come against me or to come against you. It, it's not your spouse, it's not your, uh, your boss, it's not your child. There is a devil, can somebody say amen? So the powerful evil forces of fallen angels 
headed by Satan, who is a vicious fighter. If you're not prepared for the battle, you will be defeated. And you've got to be prepared by reading the word of God and understanding. The Bible said my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge. So listen what 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom, whom he may devour. Didn't say he could devour everyone, whom he may devour. So you got some say in who the whom is gonna be. And whom is not going to be me. Do you understand? That's my mentality. See, lions attack sick, young, weak, victims who are alone and who are not alert. You better have your head on a swivel because in the time that we're living in today, the devil knows his days are numbered. It's all gonna come to an end. He knows that and he's trying to make havoc right now. You need to be understand to how to be a good father. You gotta stay connected to the heavenly father. And there is fallen fathers in America that is unbelievable and will share some more with us in just a little while. So in this scripture, we are warned that when we feel alone, when we feel weak, when we feel helpless, when we get so focused on our own troubles that we forget to watch for danger, danger is about to appear, do you hear me? So how do we avoid that? James writes in chapter four, verse seven, he said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I'm gonna say it again. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he what? He will flee. Somebody give him a hand clap. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Not submit yourselves to the culture. Submit yourselves to Facebook. Submit yourselves to everything. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Man, people, I mentioned Facebook, they spaz out. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm trying to teach here today is there is an attack against fathers taking place all over the world. If you are a father, there is a target on your back. This assault is not anything new. This assault, assault has been from the beginning of time. Because of the assault on fathers, many have been victimized by this attack, not just the father. For weeks I've been teaching that every choice you make does not only affect you, but it affects everybody that is around you. Many have been victimized by the attack on the fathers. For some, it's the father's marital infidelity, eventually resulting in a divorce, leaving hurt people and innocent people to pick up the pieces. Exodus 20 and 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. 
victimized. There's a target on the fathers. The battle is not with your father that has let you down. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Many fathers are under attack. Many been victimized because of the fallen father, leaving a home wounded. How about sexual child abuse is another attack that has marred countless of sons and daughters all because a father, his unholy cravings for sexual gratification. Something nobody wants to talk about. And why he has me talk about it, I'll ask him that when I get to heaven, because I'd like to know. Physical abuse have broken the hearts and the spirit of millions of children, millions. How could anybody harm a child, let alone your own child? A father is to provide safety and security. If anybody's gonna knock my kid out, it's gonna be me. No joke. Father, you're supposed to protect your children. Your home should be a place of safety. Your wife, your children shouldn't have to walk on eggs around you. You think you're big and bad? Torturing your wife and your children? You're not so bad. You want to torture somebody? Give me a call. I'll find the biggest guy we got here. Put you in a phone booth and close the door. See who comes out. Fallen fathers, what about the workaholic dad who has never enough time for his family? Fallen fathers. I'm going to keep saying it until I get to the meat of the message. Not only the workaholic dad, how about the hobby the hobby, the hobby dad. Always got a hobby. Always rather be with the good old boys than be with your wife and your children. Your children need you. How about the substance abuse father who emotionally never left adolescence and views life as one big party? Anybody know anybody like that? 40 years old still having a party. I could go on and on. Fatherhood is under attack. Many have been wounded by their earthly father. Many children, and I know I'm speaking to adults that have carried this scar for years. Many have been scarred deep, looking for relief, looking for satisfaction, looking for approval, looking for love in all the wrong places because of a fallen father. We wonder what's going on with our children because they're looking for some place to be accepted. But I got good news this morning. There is healing. 
Do you hear me? There is healing. Jeremiah 30 and 17, the NIV version, but I will, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Fatherhood is under attack. But I also believe that there is healing for the victim, but there is also healing for the father. So maybe you're in this house as a child and you need healing. Maybe you're the one that's instituted. Maybe you're the adult, but God still loves you. God still cares about you. He said, I will restore you. He didn't say some self-help book. And I'm not against that if it will get you on the right path. But you will never be completely healed until the hand of the Lord touches you. He said, I will restore you. So why is this attack on our fathers? Satan is trying to stop God's master plan from being fulfilled. God has a design. God has a plan from the beginning of time. Scripture reveals that it has always been the Father's plan for man to experience what Adam and Eve enjoyed before the fall. God used to walk with them in the garden. God had a desire for a family. Do you hear what I'm saying? And what Jesus experienced with him before his incarnation, during his earthly walk, and now for eternity, what, is, what was God's plan? God's plan was a family, but God's plan was also oneness. Oneness. In John 10 and 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. One. In John 17 and 11, Jesus prayed, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Fathers, there needs to be a oneness. We need to have a oneness with God and then we can have that godly relationship with our sons and daughters. If you believe it, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So there is a father and child relationship that God has ordained between himself and mankind. And through this divine relationship and fellowship, God is able to read produce supernatural offsprings for the future generations to come. Not should I only be their biological father, I ought to be their spiritual father so God can reproduce supernatural young men and women that will help shape the nation and help shape the world. What you are shaping now does not only affect now, but it affects generations to come. Do you hear me? And we have messed up somewhere along the line. Fathers, we've got to step up and be the godly example. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because there was no man that came with them babies. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say thank you, Jesus.
Listen to me, there is a father's absence in America. I'm gonna say something and you may not like it. Just because you make a deposit does not make you a father. 30 second deposit don't make you a father. I was thinking about something last night. Oh boy. <laughs> you can go to my bank, I believe. I believe this is correct. I may be wrong, cause things have changed. But you can go to my bank, <laughs> if you want to, I'll give you my account number, and you can make a deposit. Even though your name is not on there, if you have my deposit slip, you can make a deposit. This thought came to me last night. I didn't read it anywhere, it just came to me. But you can't make a withdrawal. You can make a deposit, but that don't make you a father. But when you're a father, you'll be able to make some withdrawals. You'll be able to receive some benefits from being a good father. Do you hear what I'm saying today? So here's what's got me stirred. According to the US Census Bureau, 18.3 million children, that is one in every four in America, one in every four live without a biological father, live without a stepfather, or live without an adoptive father in the home. One out of every four. 18.3 million children live in America without a dad in the house. And I don't know what the percentages are, but a majority live with grandma or grandpa. And there is an assault, there is an attack on fathers. Research shows this produces a much higher incident of crime of teen pregnancy and child abuse. There's a spiritual war being waged against fathers in America. And why would that be? From the beginning of time, Satan knew that God the Father had a desire for a family. Family, how do you have a family? And anything that I say here in the next few moments is not to make you laugh. It's not to make you uncomfortable. It's not to offend, but it is the word of God and I'm gonna share it with you. The first step to having a family, Genesis 2 and 18, then I'll jump down to 23 and 24. And the Lord God said, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Pastor didn't say this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man shall be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother 
and shall cleave unto his wife and there shall be one flesh. There is not only an assault on the fathers in America, there is an assault on the family. And when you destroy the father, you destroy the family. And the only way you can have a family is under God's design and God's plan. God said a family comes from a man and a woman becoming bone of bone and flesh of flesh ordained in marriage. The church don't want to talk about it. That's why we're in the shape that we're in in America because the world has no problem sharing their view. I'm not sharing my view, I'm sharing God's plan, God's ordained plan. You want a godly family? You want a family that will function right? It's got to be under God's design. Somebody, anybody say amen. amen. Psalms 127 and three. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. They're not a liability. Children are not an inconvenience. Well, I'm just gonna abort this baby because it's gonna inconvenience my life. It's gonna be a liability, it's gonna change. God's plan, God knows every child. Do you hear me? God knows every child. And I'm believing that we're gonna see a great turnaround. We're already seeing a great turnaround, but we gotta pray, we gotta talk about some things. We gotta get our house in order. Do you understand what I'm saying? Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Your child is a gift. You gotta protect. You need to get a job. Oh, man, I'm on it today, ain't I? People tell me, Doc, well, I, can't, I, got, I can't find a job. It just blows my mind everywhere I go. It said help wanted. Sit back and wait for somebody else to take care of your 30-second deposit? No. Get up and get a job and be a godly provider for your household so you can, oh my goodness. Let's talk about restoring the Father's image. It won't happen if we don't talk about it. Again, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But if the Word makes you uncomfortable, take it up with Him. Again, Joel 2 and 25, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. He will restore what the devil has taken from you. You can receive this message and be restored or you can receive it and become bitter. I'm not trying to make anyone bitter, I'm trying to make you better and your household. I've got a responsibility as a pastor when I stand behind God's sacred desk not to talk about the weather, not to talk about the news, but talk about Jehovah God Almighty that will heal you, deliver you, turn your life around and not only you but every generation in your bloodline that comes behind you. How important is it fallen fathers produce fallen fathers? It's just a cycle. It's just a cycle. Since the time of Adam, Satan has made it his purpose to distort the father image in the hearts and minds of people around the world. Distort. 
like a swarming locust. He attacks the character and the integrity of earthly fathers. He attacks them with selfishness, leaving the children wounded and bitter in an end result. When I drove that VBS bus and I'd pull up into some of our communities and these kids would come running and the one asked me, will there be food there? And I said, you wanna to go to VBS? What's VBS? And I just took it for granted that everybody knew what vacation Bible school was. And I explained it to him and he said, will there be food there? I said, yes. I said, go get your mom and your dad. They need to sign a paper. I don't have a mom and dad. I live with grandma. Where's dad? Fallen fathers produce fallen fathers. This is what Exodus 34 and seven is speaking about when God proclaims visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children until the third and to the fourth generation. Children still suffer for the sins of their parents. They're raised in it, they don't know any better. I don't wanna come across as against, against athletics and everything that, the, that our kids are involved in because I've, I've been down all them roads. But I'm telling you right now, there's only one road that will lift your family above everything that this world has to offer, and that's the road of Jesus Christ, and it'll change your life and your family's life, and I'm glad my mom and dad put God before any other thing in my life. I'm glad they drug my hind into church, even when I come in the middle of the night, didn't even know where I was at half the time. Dad said, you're living under my roof. You get out of bed, you're going to church. Uh, people tell me today, well, my kids don't wanna go. How old are your kids? They're nine and 11. Can you imagine? Who runs your household? Come on, Dad, step up to the plate. Well, we look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's in deep water today. A father's rejection is a very deep wound. Consider child abuse for alcoholism while the sins, these sins are obvious. But how about selfishness with your time, Dad? And greed can be passed along as well. If this wound, if these wounds go untreated, these same children will grow into the next generation of fallen fathers and they won't even know it. That's sad. That's sad. The negative influence of fallen fathers does not stop at the door of their homes. These fathers are political leaders. They're spiritual leaders. They're corporate leaders, shaping the values and the character of society's next generation of children. That's where we're at. And we don't have a voice here at Jewel City for the whole United States. But I'm responsible for those that's inside of this wall to hear the truth. Dad, you need to hear the truth. Stand with me, church. Somebody come to the keyboard. I told you I wouldn't be long. You all laughed at me and made fun of me. <laughs> Something as heavy as this, you can't hang on to it too long, man. They'll run you out of town. Every father in the room, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Father, you've got a great responsibility how many fathers in the house, be honest, you messed up? Mm -hmm. 
What we have is a mindset of getting. We want to get rather than give. This is the exact opposite of the Father's heart, God the Father. Father God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. My son Cody, 19, he came to me last night. I could hear it in his voice. Dad, can I use your truck to run over Bridgeport? I thought to myself, he ain't taking my truck. (laughs) I said, yeah, go ahead, be careful. Maybe because I knew I was preaching this message today. But a father should be a giver. When they lay me out right here, they can walk by, my kids can say, man, my dad chewed my hind in now. But they'll never be able to say I didn't give to them. Give them every opportunity. Give them love. Sow into your children, Proverbs 11 and 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Fallen father's very first step is in Psalms 51 and 1. Speaks of repentance. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. If you've fallen, your first step to getting up is repentance. Asking God and then asking your child to forgive you. I've had to ask my children. Had to tell them I'm sorry. Second step is forgiveness from God. Psalms 30 and 1 said, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. I wondered how to end this message. And I want to share a moment to the young ladies in the house that are not married yet. Don't get in a hurry. Don't force something that isn't of God. You may be alone right now, And that's not a good place to be, being honest. I know, I've been lonely. But friend, you would rather be lonely without the physical touch of someone than to be in a relationship for the rest of your life that will affect you and will affect your children. The Bible said, do not be unequally yoked 
So that man that may be courting you, if he's not deeply in love with God, I'd put the brakes on. Because Pastor Rita, in your history, in your years of counseling, in mine, I've seen hurt, brokenness because of a fallen father. Young men in this place, I pray you all find the bride of your dream. But along with that bride and fatherhood comes responsibility. And when that happens to you, and maybe it already has, you gotta grow up. You are the priest of your household is what the Bible says. You need to be a provider. You need to take care of your family. Your parents don't need to take care of your children. You do. Man, this is tough, ain't it? Huh? When I left at 18, the only time I ever asked for any help, then I paid him back, my dad. That was the old school, Jimmy. We got people 40 years old still living in their mom and dad's basement. Maybe that wasn't good to say right there. <laughs> Let me correct that. If you need to be there, that's a different story. But if you spent the last 40 years there mooching, then that's not God's plan. Leave father and mother and cleave. Ain't that what it says? Cleave. Amen. Listen, nobody wants to talk about it. I wrote a book with the help of the staff and another young lady a couple years ago. I haven't spoke about it for a while. It's about a 20-minute read. It's on the back tables as you leave. They're free. Grab one. It talks about the truth. The truth. Fathers, I'd like for every father to come. Step out and come. I want to pray over you. Don't be bashful. Come. Look at this. I applaud you, men, for being here. I do. I applaud you. I applaud you. Hallelujah. Come on. Scoot right in. Scoot right in. Scoot right in. A lot of churches, they're just the women there. Not just, that's not good either, man. I'm, you know what I'm saying. Men feel like it's something the women do. No, the men should be the leaders, okay? You're a father. If you've messed up, if you failed, if you've fallen, repent and get back up. But leave here today realizing the responsibility that you have to keep your household together, to be the godly husband, to be the godly man, this is amazing. Father, I thank you, Lord, as I stretch my hand over these men. I thank you, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you strengthen them. I pray, Lord, as you were speaking through me today, that they had their hands out and open to receive this word. And I pray, God, if there's any that have fallen, God, that right now they will repent. I pray. God, that they would mend, that you would mend relationships. That you would stir within us great leadership from these men. As every head is bowed in here and every eye is closed, nobody looking around, 
And I want to speak directly to the fathers for a second. If you're here today, and if death knocked on your door and you can't honestly 100% say that heaven is my home, but you'd like to be able to answer that with a yes, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to drag you down to the altar. Slip your hand high and say, today, Pastor, I'd like to give my life to Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Slip your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. As every head is bowed, and sir, just raise your hand. I want to be, I want to be 100% honest with you. I've been praying for weeks for you. Weeks. Weeks. I want you to pray this prayer. But the bottom line is you've got to pray it and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, today, I give my life to you and I ask you to forgive me for the faults and the failures, the sin in my life. Lord, as we sang about the blood, would you apply that blood to my life? Lord, I'm sorry. And I'm turning from my old sinful ways. For the rest of my life, I will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. As every head is bowed, how about those that are in the seats this morning? Whether it be young men that's never been married or maybe this morning it's some ladies in the house. Right where you're at, is there any who would like to give your life, your heart to Jesus? Would you slip your hand up high? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Somebody else? Somebody else? Is there any? Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand, sir. Yes, see your hand. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. We got all day when it comes to this. Somebody else. Then those that raise your hand, would you raise your head? Would you open up your eyes? Would you pray this prayer with me? And mean it from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, today, I humbly come before you broken, sinful. Today I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I love you. And from this day forward, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Can you put your hands together and bless the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 